Well, it's not that important. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's November 19th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 149. This is no agenda. The proud recipient of a dubious Dutch award coming to you from the minimum security containment cell crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California. I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, still sunny northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning, John. Hey. In the morning to you. Seems like the morning to me. The sun's blasting through the window, blinding me. And we're we're on. Actually, we're not. Well, we tried to go early, and now we're on time. Uh, we're actually fifth, ten, fifteen minutes early. No, more like is, half an hour earlier than normal. Normally, you're yeah, right because we're always fifteen <laughs> minutes late. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, you know, so I finally get you on Skype. You're like, "Hey, man, I got. I can call you back. I got. I got to talk to a guy." Do you know what that sounded like? It sounded like you're just setting up a hit. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I gotta call you back. I gotta talk to a guy. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, well, a, it's a guy that uh, that I that I gotta talk to. Uh. So the uh, hot news this week, of course, you probably haven't been following it. No, wait a minute. I have hot news before you even get anywhere. I have the hottest news of all hot news to share with you. All right, what? I'm putting it on Skype right now. I want you to see this link. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to, officially, according to Esquire magazine, the worst-dressed man in Holland. You? Yes. And I want you to take a look at this uh, website. I'm looking at it. Because right below me is the best-dressed guy. That guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you have to put this in the show notes, because this guy, this guy looks like... Is that his hair? That's his hair. But look, look at what he's wearing. Yeah, it's, he's wearing like a. He's the. <laughs> how are you the worst dressed? I mean. Well, listen, this is how it works. Esquire magazine is, of course, an irrelevant piece of shit that no one reads. Magazines in general are in trouble. And so they're like, how do we get some publicity? Oh, I know. Let's do something outrageous like nominate Adam Curry for worst dressed man and then let him win it. So the thing is that's interesting is the picture of you, you, you actually look, I look better pretty than good. you do. Yeah, I look better than normal, don't I? <laughs> you look better than normal. You actually look quite good, and you look like you're, you're exchanging dirty ribald tails or something with this yeah, woman. I am. And meanwhile, this other guy looks like a slouch. Mm. Who is he? Uh, he's uh, the lead singer of some, no, lead guitarist of some Dutch rock band. But the, but the point is, you were to, you were talking about this just the on the the other day on the show where you said you know this is how these lists are put together. You have lunch for an hour and you talk some crap about you know I will make him. No, I'll trade you him for him. And it's just it's fun to watch how uh, a magazine will actually take um, a public story and use that to publicize their own magazine and by the way no one in the netherlands is actually saying this no one has caught on that maybe they did this just to get publicity for their magazine except i think that this newspaper algemeen dagblad i think the two pictures they placed underneath each other is kind of their way of saying uh, wink wink we get the joke we understand oh i see yeah you're right but of right, course the website i'm looking at is not the esquire site it's a right, site. right right so um but of course uh if they were, if they would actually give me the award, like a plaque, I mean that would be nice, you know, something to put on. That my, would be on my cool. Mantle. They won't give you anything. No, they won't give me anything. If they did, I would thank them very much. And of course, uh, I would have to say that uh, the worst dress title comes from the first half of the year when I was still with my ex-wife. So, 
Yeah, just keep the publicity thing uh, boiling. Keep it rolling, baby. <laughs> keep it going. So you're and, telling and me I think our studio audience should uh, know that uh, what's the latest in Holland about you? And No, uh, that's, that's not important. No, I think it is. No, I don't think it's important. Now they're going to wonder. Whoa, I don't what? give a shit. Go learn Dutch and go read. All, <laughs> go all, I, all I want, all I want is I want an official award. I want a plaque. You see the guy who won, he got a best dressed award. It would be great to have a worst dressed award plaque. Don't you think? I think that's bullshit. You use my name to publicize your crappy ass magazine, which no one apparently cares about. Why don't you give, you know, you, at least you could do is give me the official plaque. Flowers? Flowers, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or a shirt? They, you know, if, <laughs> I think if you hound them, they, they might just go buy one of these plaques and give it to you. Uh, I think you, know, that, they, you just get them at these. I mean, you can go give yourself an award. <laughs> just go you know, buy one, don't have one made up. <laughs> And I know there's a lot of CEOs that do this and a lot of other phony balonies. Oh, yeah. You go into their office. I, I'm always suspicious when I go in somebody's office that's just like an office and they have their diploma on the wall. Oh, yeah. You know, what's the point? I mean, yeah. anyway, you can get these things made anywhere. Yeah. And so, the, so they got their diploma. Then they have a bunch of pictures of them shaking hands with various famous people. <laughs> Photoshop. I got one of those. I have uh, one with me and Putin that someone made for me. And it looks real. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it on my wall for the longest time. And, I, and so many people have said, wow, is that you and Putin? Yeah, you know, I was down at the ranch. We were hanging out with, <laughs> with George W. <laughs> so yeah, you can surround yourself with this. But the other thing you can do if you want to really get go to go to the next level beyond Photoshop is you go to one of these trophy sh- stores. Yeah. You go in; they're all over the place, and they got all kinds of cool trophies. They're actually kind of interesting to go into anyway because yeah. you can look at these crazy trophies, and then you can just buy yourself. You know, take one of the trophies. Say, I'd like to get a sample. Yeah. You because know, you try well, to where, get this where else kind. do you think people buy the trophies? Yeah, they buy them at these places yeah. and say, I, okay, here's what I need put on here. And then you put some bogus award with your name. And then uh, then you give them the 50 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. Well, you, can get, you can get a really nice one for maybe 100 Oh, yeah, you get a knockout. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you want one of those ones that looks like gla- you know, the glass ones that are kind of... You, know, lu- you mean, no, no, Lucite. Well, or Lucite, Lucite's crack. But anyway, you get any one of these things, and then you put, you get a bunch of them. Actually, you get five or six of them: man of the year, yeah. sportsman of the year, <laughs> golfer of the year, you know, or humanitarian award. From now, that some- I, now that I think about it, you know, maybe Uncle Don did that. I was looking in his study, all that stuff, man. I'm thinking maybe he went to the shop and bought those. It's easy to do. You can load up. You could make. You could be very impressive. What you get is one of the big offices, and you get a, a, a fake Iranian rug. No, no. The best is the, the best is when you see one of these guys who's actually got a small office and has all of this stuff all over the place. Then you know it's really bogus. It's like, uh huh, sure, dude. You've got all the these fact awards. of the matter is, most people who actually do win a lot of awards. Don't you know, brag and there are about people it. like that. They, they all br- give them to their mom. Mm-hmm. If you go to their mom's house, and you can see they've, if they've got all the awards. Did. That's absolutely true. So, absolutely although true. I have to say, will, people will put an Emmy up there if they have one. I would. Those are hard. Those I don't think you can go get a copy of. No, no. You Although could, I'll you, bet you, I'll bet you, if you if you shopped around enough, you'd find an Emmy or an Oscar in some pawn shop somewhere. Yeah, you just have to put a different name on it. But sure. I bet you yeah, that's find that. Easy yeah, some technical award or something. You know, that should be yeah. possible. Yeah. You, you know, uh, you sent you gave me this DVD to watch of the Rachel Maddow show. Do we need to talk about that? 
No, not necessarily. I just thought it was interesting. Because the thing going on right now that, that needs to be discussed, even though I know you're going to cringe. No, because I, you said I had to find the elephant in the room. Yeah. Did you find it? Well, I saw three elephants. Okay, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's there's go, obviously three elephants. Go there. ahead, go ahead. What's the thing that needs to be discussed? Well, Sarah Palin's on the rampage. No, she's on her book. She's book promotional tour. That's what she's on. Oh, that's what I meant. Yes. And uh, so now it's like she's the, all the talk of the town. Although I, I think this one's gonna. This is this time it's got to fade for good. May I say, by the way, that uh, on behalf of the No Agenda audience, I shall read her book. Uh, it, it was actually sold out. I wanted to get a copy. I even, I even looked on Amazon, uh, and of course, not, it's not available on the for the, on Amazon. I think yet. Walmart has it. Yeah, so I'm, I'll pick up a copy. It's funny, my my whole family um, up in Armonk, uh, you know, they, of course, there's a lot, you know, we're all talking politics because let's face it, that's what we do. And uh, it's like, oh, have you? Uh, you know, Sarah Palin's book comes up, it's like, and everyone's like guffawing, like, <laughs> I don't think I'll put that on my list. <laughs> I'm not going to read that. I'm like. Wow, you know, for someone who came so close to actually perhaps being vice president, the first female vice president, you know, why would you not be interested in reading what's in the book? And these are intelligent people, you know, it's just part of that whole meme of, oh, no, she's ridiculous. And even if she is ridiculous, it's still interesting to read the book. Is it going to kill you? <laughs> My, and, you know, I'm sure it's big, big type, you know, double spaced. It's, it's not going to be hard to get through. So it's like, geez, you know, and then form your own opinion of the book instead of listening to a bunch of talking heads like Rachel Maddow or uh, Sean Hannity, who had her on last night. Yeah, I missed that. I, I saw enough of her. I mean, I saw her do the Oprah show. I saw her on yeah, the I missed, uh, Good I see, Morning America. I missed America. all that. I missed all yeah, that. Yeah, I know you did. And you purposely did, because I asked you if you wanted a DVD of any of this stuff, and no, no. You didn't no, want- I said I wanted you to surprise me so I could come in with a fresh, a fresh view. Okay, well, you're going to have one then, because okay. you didn't see any of it. <laughs> now, here's, I mean, the, the only one... The, the only interview, or I also heard part of the Rush Limbaugh interview, which was just the worst. He's not really an interviewer, um, no. but uh, and I'm sure Hannity's was a, a softball. Here's my here's yeah, you're right. Forget about it. Yes, yeah, soft major league softball hand job, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're all colluding with each other. You know, Hannity's like. We've got this uh, Holocaust denier Ahmadinejad who uh, wants to wipe Israel off the face of the map. That's when I click the TV off. You know, it's like okay, there's two things that are, if not out of context, certainly not direct translations from the Farsi language that Sean Hannity doesn't speak. You know, it's like I'm done already. And then Sarah Palin to actually answer that. No, <laughs> screw me, screw that. So anyway, but the, the I have to say the one hour long Oprah Winfrey interview was quite good. And Oprah is a can interview. She's a great people. interviewer. Yeah, she's very, very personable, of course. And she doesn't. Uh, uh, she brings out a lot of stuff without going after the person. She has. Uh, she. I think she has a. She has a lot of interesting techniques. And but anyway, she drew Sarah out and you know to almost brought her to tears in some yeah. funny way, yeah. which is another th- trick she has. But then the next day, Barbara Walters, who obviously hates the woman interviewed her and then of course abc which i already slammed palin once before uh in an interview by you know by the creative editing right um 
it was it was just you could just tell that Walters was hated her and it was just as one of these you know I hate you and here's an interview and she tried to be nice <laughs> I hate you no answer my questions damn it so I do have a clip you should play which I as soon as it's played I, I had to go back and look at the interview because I, I for some reason I missed this obviousity mm-hmm. uh, this is the one that says Palin I think Frank Luntz is with us good to see you it's a pleasure you know I'm looking at that clip yeah. and it annoys me. ABC cut as close as they could to her. They, the face, yeah. that's a trick that 60 Minutes discovered. The closer that they get to you, the more likely they, people are to distrust you, the closer the shot. And they know that. And so they cut in on her to actually make her look less effective, less articulate. And it's really not fair in an interview. Well, so why would that okay. not be? Yeah. So, so I went back. Oh, yeah, and they did. And it was of funny course, because of course. you have the, uh, you know, the, the small pin-headed uh, Barbara Walters on one side. And, they're, and she's cut normal. She's, you know, oh, and she, high she has like a, a 5,000 Dernier uh, pantyhose in front of the lens for her and shot so, and Vaseline. And then, and then they cut to Palin. And it's like you can't see the top of her head or the bottom of her <laughs> it's chin. It's just her eyes and her mouth, right? <laughs> it just yeah. zoomed in on her. They'll, they cut it back once in a while, well, but, but for the most th- part. It's time once again, and I'll, I'll, let me just put it in the show notes here. Uh, I will link to the Zen TV experiment. I think we've talked about this previously on the show, John. Um, this is a, a great little test you can do at home. You can do it tonight. It's a series of things you're supposed to do with your television, and it teaches you the trickery that is television. It's it's quite good. And I'll just leave it at that. I've I've harped on this for at least five or six years. Right. So anyway, so then Palin goes off and does whatever she does, and of course the the thing, the Walter thing was just crappy. But it was at seven in the morning on the Good Morning America show, and who watches that anyway? In the morning. And uh, um, but anyway, the one thing that was interesting was this Rachel Maddow situation. So, so and, let me let me. So, just paraphrase what I saw. Sure. Okay. So it's Rachel Maddow uh, reviewing the book essentially, and she. Uh, I guess they got a hold of Sarah Wallace, who uh, Nicole Nicole Wallace, who is apparently slammed in the book uh, for essentially colluding with the with the press. Which I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, you, you get a kind of behind the scenes uh, feel of how these campaigns are run, where <coughs> everybody's buddies, and you know, at the top. Kate, so what Sarah Palin is saying, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> is that uh, Katie Couric, you know, no one trusted her at the time. She needed kind of like an up, you know, a personal interview, walking along. But then it was supposed to be in front of the UN to give kind of a political, worldly feel to it. So it's, it was all completely orchestrated, according to Sarah Palin. And then uh, uh, Nicole Wallace uh, refutes that. And then they bring on this other lesbian from Air America. And I, I was just like, double-barreled lesbian trouble on my TV set. I was like, I just wanted to like fold the two of them together. Like, they're a cute little couple. It's like salt and pepper. Uh, it was bizarre to say to say the least. It was very bizarre, and it, by the way, this is available. This, the, no, this, nothing against lesbians. I'm just pointing no, out. No, no, lesbians fact. are great. It's just yeah. that when they're colluding, <laughs> hey, wait, lesbians are great. Hey, John, let's just point out lesbians are great, particularly when they're <laughs> when kissing they're and we can watch against the men. It's yeah. a problem. And, or colluding against hot-looking straight women. That's also kind of cool. Well, and this is the point is yes. because they kept bringing up this point that apparently. Palin didn't, according to Nicole Wallace, who here, here's the here's the backstory for people out there, and they just want to kind of deconstruct this a little bit. Uh, 
McCain told all his staffers that when this book comes out, they're not supposed to talk to the media. Right. Especially not to go on TV. So Maddow brought this up, and she says, Nicole Wallace contacted us, and Nicole Wallace was a target in the book. And she was one of uh, McCain's top uh, people, men, guy, girls. And uh, she contacted them and they did an interview over but they could they wouldn't they didn't air it because of this agreement not to do any tv so they just took quotes from the interview and uh, first thing i'm thinking is why is nicole wallace going to rachel maddow i mean this is a little offbeat because she it's a it's a it's a democrat group i mean it's a liberals it's not conservatives i mean right. why is she going there right. so then they bring up this this other woman this pixie-ish looking redhead that came on the one you called the other lesbian oh please oh please john <laughs> okay she's an extremely an extreme lesbian okay Okay, so I looked at, I just did a little background on this. She had done a puff piece, this woman, it was a writer. She had done a puff piece on Nicole Wallace in The ah, Beast. Ah, there it comes. The Daily a long puff piece. How it was wonderful like, she is, and she's so awesome. It was a blowjob in the strictest sense of the word, in mm-hmm. the journalistic sense of the word, not mm-hmm. in the... A real sense. No. And so I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. And then meanwhile, I'm doing some more digging, trying to look at Nicole Wallace and check her out because she's obviously friends with these two women uh, for whatever reason. I don't notice that she's a lesbian. At least she's not overtly one. That's well, for she's sure. She's a cute one. She's kind of like a Marissa Meyer uh, lesbian. She's very cute. Yeah. And she, but then I was digging around and there she is being interviewed by Katie Couric ah! and another. <laughs> and another puff piece, another blowjob. Well, this, but this is the way it works. If you want to get to a presidential candidate, the first thing you've got to do is make nice with all the people who control the candidate. And by the way, it's control. And you know the best way to do that is to stroke their ego by doing a nice puff piece. That's that isn't that that's the smartest way to get to someone. Done deal. So there's a like so the whole thing is a, a little messy and so when uh, so the giveaway though which indicates to me that there is something amiss uh, was Nicole Wallace's lament which was repeated as a quote and then repeated again when Matt I was talking to her friend which is that as soon as Sarah met Nicole she hated her and uh. I thought that was well here we have a a very religious woman or you know basically a very conservative midwestern style personality in the middle of nowhere alaska not cosmopolitan in any way no. and she runs into a cosmopolitan little yeah uh, it's girl. a clash it's a clash immediately of and of course nobody did anything about fixing that problem and so the whole thing went down the tubes and i believe i would believe the sarah palin side of the story more than the oh i didn't do anything this is bogus yeah so I, I'm, I'm gonna read this book and uh, i'm sure i'll have it done by uh, by sunday i'll see if i can get it you said walgreens has it walmart oh well we don't have a walmart in san francisco oh Probably the only city in the world. <laughs> we, do we have a Walmart here? The, the book will be. It's just going to be everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's sold out, but it's just you know. I'm sure the, the they they're backing up the trucks to the presses. I did. Uh, I did read a different book on my in my travels last week to uh, Chicago and New York. I read yeah. "End the Fed" by Ron Paul. Oh yeah, and uh, I recommend this book. It's uh, it's a very very quick read, you can, and it's very small. It's smaller than a Kindle. You can uh, hide it wherever you want. You can almost put it in your back pocket. It's fun, by the way, to go through um, 
uh, TSA airport security with this book. I, I literally had it out of the bag and put it right on top of my stuff to see if I could uh, entice anyone. See, you know, I, I have <laughs> I have on the blog, Dvorak.org slash blog, for anyone who doesn't know that, uh, a, a link to the uh, story about how the Ron Paul aide who was taken yes. aside from... Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we, I have the link to the to the conversation, which I think we've linked to before. We, we've played it on the show. Actually, we played the audio that he taped, and uh, yeah, and it's what's, great. Well, what's interesting about this? So let me just finish first. And the Fed, it's a great Christmas gift. I'll uh, I'll put an Amazon link in the in the show notes. Um, and I really like it because I was telling my uncle Don. You know, he was like, "Well, you've identified because I'm I'm going off. I'm going like." Uh, well, you know, it's the bankers and it's the Federal Reserve. And so he says, a very smart guy, he says, okay, you've identified, identified the villains. Who are the heroes? And I say, um, uh, one of them would be Ron Paul. And he starts guffawing. <laughs> that lunatic from Texas? I said, oh, Uncle Don, that's, that's really cool. The way just, This is exactly the way you're supposed to respond. Very, very good. You've been mind controlled. And then we get into this conversation, and I wish I had read the book before I uh, had this conversation with him because he's like, well, you know, the Federal Reserve, blah, blah, blah. You know, Paul Volcker is a really good friend of mine. I like him very much. And in the book, Ron Paul actually says that he is a good friend of Paul Volcker as well, who, of course, was, uh, wasn't he a Fed uh, chairman for a while in the 70s? Yeah, he was before uh, the, the other Greenspan, guy. before Greenspan. Right. Right. So, um, so, I, so I'm going to send this to, to Uncle Don because he has to read that, and particularly now that, you know, uh, uh, that we know there's a connection between uh, Dr. Ron and, and Uncle Don with, uh, with Paul Volcker. But it's very simple to understand. One degree separation. One degree of separation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I highly uh, recommend it. So anyway, the, uh, the TSA story, what's interesting about this, this of course is the uh, Campaign for Liberty uh, volunteer who had $4,700 in a strong box that he put through the x-ray machine on his way back from an event. And uh, he immediately was pulled aside, and they're like, you know, you've got to be dealing drugs, and his camp. Are you leaving, darling? Give me a kiss. I love you. Mm-hmm. See you later. Going to the gym? Okay. Sorry. Hey, hey we're doing a show. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right, man. She's busy. And uh, so, the, and the guy gets, uh, you know, interrogated, and you know, and uh, thug, real thuggery. So anyway, so the uh, civil liberties uh, was ACLU sued. The TSA, and now they've, they've, I guess they, in a way they've kind of settled where the TSA says, okay, we've changed our internal, uh, uh, guidelines, which by the way, we're not going to give you a copy of our guidelines. You'll have to put in a freedom of information request in yeah, order, in order to get it. They are total jackasses. And what someone points out well in the article that I'll put in the show notes is that, of course, they don't actually want you to know this, to know that the only thing they're allowed to do is be on the lookout for uh, anything that could uh, put air, airline or air aviation security in danger. They want you to think that they're, the, that they're some kind of uber cops because that you know, makes you more nervous and makes you more subservient. Oh, I think it's because they all want to be cops and they don't have the, the qualifications. Well, they got the badges. Yeah, they finally got them some badges. Got a badge. yeah. Remember the guy was crying when uh, when they handed out badges. Yeah. No, you don't remember. Shut yeah, up. Paul Blart, I think was his name. So anyway, um, yeah, somebody will get that. I had a thought, by the way, while we're talking about books. You know, Lou Dobbs, uh, he quit recently, right? He, they fired he, him. Yeah. Nah, he, he says said he, he quit, but everybody there was a lot of there's a lot of controversy. Yeah. They think he got run out of town by a bunch of uh, uh, of um, by the Southern Poverty Law Center. 
So he says uh, he was leaving to seek new ways to advocate his opinions. And all of a sudden it hit me. Of course, this is the first one to disappear. Next is going to be all captains of industry who will who will suddenly quit, leave their factories, leave their businesses. <laughs> oh, no, they, and, hey, hey, let's and, and, and they will all and they will all be off somewhere yeah, in Gulch Gulch. Yes. Once again, I've got a plug for Atlas Shrugged in there. Lou Dobbs is the first to go Galt. <laughs> Lou Dobbs. Um, that's my story, and I'm Lou Dobbs to has it. been in and out of the company. Every time they, he he'll quit CNN, and then they, they'll they'll put somebody else. And the last time they put in some woman who was sleeping with one of the producers uh, named uh, uh, no, I can't remember her name. But anyway, she uh, <laughs> David, she, David Letterman. She no, she sunk the show. Basically, I haven't seen her since, and uh, which was years ago. And so they begged him to come back and gave him more money, and I think it's going to be another round of that because that show is basically Lou Dobbs' spot. I mean, it's you know, it's what he does. Yeah. I'm not. I listen to him. I don't think he's completely off the wall. He's no, he's weird. he's got a lot. Of, in fact, he he says a lot of really good things. Someone pointed out to me uh, a very long blog post on Bill Maher's blog, um, and of course that will also be in the show notes. And it's about uh, the flu vaccine for the swine flu. And this is not the swine flu minute, by the way. I know you're already humming the tune, those of you listening to the show, because it's something that just gets in your ear and you can't get out. Come on, play it. No, 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 no. And uh, so he's he's he, basically, it's like he's listening to No Agenda. And he's going off and he almost goes as far as to say, you know, the government's out to kill you. So he, he gets he gets pretty damn close. And I'm like, wow, it's I love this. I love the, of course, he wrote it on his blog, but it might get some traction. I really like it because here you can see a fellow citizen of Gitmo Nation actually starting to awaken. And I tried to, I tried to post a comment. I was going to say, hey, man, if you approached climate change with the same attitude and maybe, you know, you didn't take the science as absolute fact like Al Gore tells us, and maybe if you look at some alternative theories which don't get any media attention, the exact same story that you're prolifer that you're asserting here with uh, swine flu vaccinations and swine flu in general, maybe you'd change your attitude there. And this is very difficult for this guy because his whole audience is all about being an Obama bot and following uh, the order and, uh, you know, the stuff that we always talk about. And I think it's beautiful to watch. Anyway, of course, if you want to do that, then it's like blogger or something. Then it says, give us your Google uh, address and password to post your comment. I'm like, yeah, what kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> what is that all about? There's a box below that says you could post anonymously. I'm sure it's still there. You didn't I see hit, it. I hit the box, and uh, it still asked me for my password. Anyway, I was no. like, oh. it was no, probably God telling me I shouldn't leave that comment. But anyway, uh, it's very interesting. And, and we're going to see more, more and more of this happen. People are just waking up, and it's nice. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, I guess. <laughs> And so, that is the uh, definition of a buzzkill right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Ooh, it's, the, the sky's blue. I have some, some fun news from Gitmo Nation, uh, the lowlands. And I figured it out. This is, this is why, um, even though, of course, it's, it's never enough, we still get you know, donations from the Netherlands. I think we get donations from countries that are really severely suppressed. And, of course, you we know, haven't gotten any donations from the Netherlands for a couple really? of weeks. Really? So yeah. Bastards. I think that I think the latest thing, the latest gossip about you, uh, has blown it all. 
is kind of screwing us. Well, no, my, my ex-wife is out there telling everyone I'm broke. I got no money. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Broke, yeah, so, way, yeah I haven't noticed. Yeah, so we should, they should be sending us some dough. <laughs> she took all your money. Anyway, so, of course, the Netherlands is a great beta test country, just like the United Kingdom. And uh, so they've been talking about the black box, which is going to go into automobiles, which from time to time crops up here in the States as well. So, of course, we're miles behind Gitmo Nation East in this case. Uh, whereas they're actually, in 2010, they're going to start putting GPS-based boxes into everybody's car so that they can uh, charge you road tax uh in accordance to exactly how much you used your automobile and on what roads you drove. So there were some questions in the Parliament about this, uh, of course, about the uh, the privacy issues. <laughs> and the answers come out. It's like, well, of course, this information is all private unless the security of the state is at hand or if we need to prevent or um, uh, actually... Uh, investigate some threat to the state. So not just investigations, should you be, uh, for some reasons, uh, suspect of some terrorist activity, but also for prevention of terrorist activity, which of course means they're going to be looking at your shit. And they'll be able to know exactly where you were, at exactly what time, doing what. And as far as I can tell, this is just doop doo 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 Everyone's just kind of, you know, just kind of walking along. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. And it's like, okay. Hey, Adam Curry's the worst dressed man. Hey, everybody, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. So you heard about the recovery.gov fiasco? Um... And the cover-up about it? No, no. Is that is that the big news you wanted to start the show? No, with? no, no. The big news was the Sarah Palin tour. Oh, okay, and we're, uh. we're all we're beyond the news. Oh. We can stop the show now. Okay, we all good night. We'll see. We'll see you on uh, Sunday, everybody. Yeah, okay, you didn't so, get this. You missed. How did this one go by? You think because I've been that? busy. You know what I've been doing? I've been on the road, sucking advertiser dick, trying to get them to to, to support Mevio. Oh. Well, then you missed this. Yes. So somebody just I don't, just doing some casual research, they discovered that the, uh, actually it was the Heritage Foundation, I believe, and that was picked up by ABC and C or CBS picked it up after that, and then they, we, we discovered it, oh. um, took credit for it, then it got into the right-wing talk radio. The left-wing talkers, of course, we always have our dichotomy here with the right and the left, and the left people have paid no attention to this, and they think, well, it's no big deal, it's just a, it's a common mistake. So the recovery.org has all these, you know, here's how much money we save and here's how many jobs were saved and this and that and the other thing. And somebody noticed that these districts, that they had, the Arizona districts and New Mexico, they don't exist. <laughs> Non-existent. They're, they're, they're not even on the website? They're, no, they're, there's no district. I mean, it shows itself on the uh, recovery. Oh, oh wait, 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 so this is districts that don't exist where they actually save jobs. Yes, and money. <laughs> Oh, I love and it. And their guys are like, and then you get the government response to this. Is you know, apparently the site is filled <laughs> with bogus information. Somebody even said we have no idea where any of this stuff comes from. They're just making it up and putting it on there. Yeah, this is our it's, Vivek, it's Kundra Vivek Kundra site. is doing a great job. Eighteen million dollars, ladies and gentlemen, is what they've paid to put this website up, <sighs> and it's useless garbage. And so, wonder well, we we didn't do it. We didn't think uh, we didn't. Uh, it's just a common mistake. I don't know where the data came from. Is a data 
database error. They come up with all these bogus excuses. And, of course, the real thing is it was all it's all phony. The whole thing's a fake. It's a fraud. Why did you shut down the site and give the taxpayers their eighteen million dollars back? It's funny, you know. I was I was looking uh, at the at the nightly news, and no one mentioned this, John. Oh, <laughs> well, it's not that important. <laughs> no, of course not. It's only eighteen million dollars down the drain. Well, forget the eighteen million dollars. It's all part of the bogus reporting that that the government does, just like the the unemployment rate, which is now above ten percent. But of course, that doesn't include, as we call them, the bums. The bums, <laughs> the disenfranchised, the disenchanted, the weak, and the bums. Uh, so we're much closer to like I don't know, eighteen, nineteen, maybe twenty percent in some cases. Oh yeah, there's got to be twenty percent at least in California. It, it sure feels like twenty percent. And by the way, I'm out there sucking advertiser dick to stop that from happening in my own company. Right. Yeah, I can't wait. You're getting those little, uh, you're getting those kind of those uh, crow's feet around the lips there, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm some, walking a little. Use some little cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, too much information there. <laughs> Something else uh, I didn't see on the news, which uh, I had to read in Gitmo Nation East publication, Le Telegraphe from the UK. A Boeing 747 transporting cocaine crashed in Africa. <laughs> so, a, know, 747, a 747 was it with cocaine? Yes, yes, a 747, and this is according to the uh, UNODC, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. Uh, so it actually landed in West Africa on a small strip, uh, relatively small strip, obviously, uh, in an emergency. But then it uh, it was taking. See the way? It, well, I'll get to how, how it works. It, then it took off and it crashed upon takeoff. Uh, carrying at least 10 tons of cocaine. <laughs> 10 tons. <laughs> now, according to the UNODC, the... What op- drug problem? The opium... Now, I don't understand how in this article they're talking about cocaine and then go back to opium. Yeah. But okay. So according to the UNODC, the opium comes from, quote, Nigerian groups based in Pakistan. So here's how it works, as far as well, I that can sounds tell. more like an opium, and they, somebody mixed up the yeah the cocaine to, and, to screw up the search engine, so you can't find this story. Yeah, oh, so it probably was possible. was opium or heroin. It was probably heroin. That's that's what I'm thinking as well. Makes more sense. So what happens is, of course, the shit's grown in Afghanistan, protected by the troops. It's then transported to Pakistan, which, by the way, we're in. Then it's taken out of Pakistan for processing in South America, and then from South America it's flown into uh, the United States. Of course, no information about markings on the plane. It's, I can't find any more stories about this. In fact, you know what? I'm doing a save page as we speak. I should have done that. Yes, before. we want to remind everybody out there when you run into really good stories yeah, like this, save you, you're page. not seeing in the ma- uh, mainstream media. Always don't bookmark them. Save page as, and then you put it under web page complete, and you should probably have just a folder filled with these things. And that way, when you go back to look at it, you bookmark it too. But then you go back to look at it, it's gone, which it will be. This will be gone. This will be gone. That will be gone, but you have a copy. But you you think that uh, a 747 filled with heroin crashing would would make some news somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I would think. Right? You know, but, They'll catch like some guy with a with a with a baggie. They had a story up in Port Angeles about oh, they got a guy with two ounces. You know, oh, front page breaking news. Stop the presses. <laughs> oh man, 
I uh, I wanted to... <laughs> tons. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm going to cook a, uh, a uh, heirloom turkey. Are you doing that upstate or, uh, in Washington or down here? Down here? You want to come over? Oh, thank you so much for inviting me, John, because I'll be all alone. Oh, Mickey's well, Mickey's going to be in Holland she's not uh, and then be LA. There? No, she's. Oh well, no, let me think about it first. Oh, you <laughs> bastard! <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Here, don't look, John. Don't look. Here it comes. <laughs> if anyone can give me a better sound effect for two to the head, I'd appreciate it because people are complaining. They don't yeah, like well, this one. It, yeah, I, I could probably put one together, but it'd be a forty-five ma- or forty-four. No, magnet. it's got to be a silencer. It's the silencer. Well, that's is, is what the a silencer sounds like. They're silent. Here, here's wait. I, oh, wait, I got one. Here, I'm going to play this. The one with this is a really good silencer, by the way. Two today. Ready? Mm-hmm. How was that? Didn't feel a thing. There you go. Speaking of uh, Pakistan, and our uh, producers have been. Hey, by the way, shit, John, stop. Put on the brakes. <laughs> Who is our executive producer? Good stoppage. Okay. I can't believe you... This week's executive producer... No, I, I got a... You blew it. You blew it. Uh, well, we could have brought him in sooner. We'll just give him a little... He, and by the way, he deserves a big plug because he gave us $300. Whoa. Michael Menzies. Michael and Menzies. And by the way, he this 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 show, most of the uh, money came from Australia. Well, not most. Yeah, most of it came from Australia. This guy's in Eltham, North Victoria, Australia. And he gave us 300 bucks, no questions or anything that he didn't, you know, just throw it, threw it at us. And I'm thinking uh, we're, we have to, I'm, in fact, I was working on this earlier this week, uh, kind of an Australian uh, ditty that we, because Australia's got as much crap going on, if oh, not more than we oh, do. It's Gitmo Nation really, down under. Oh, yeah. They got, they got big trouble down there. Yeah. So, and, Michael, thanks. Yes. It's highly appreciated, Michael. And, of course, you can put that on your resume. You are the executive producer of No Agenda, episode 149. Please put his name on uh, the Skype, John, right now, just uh, so I can remember to put him at the top of the show notes, which I've been pretty good at. I've changed the format of the show notes. I'm spending a little more time. Even some of the stories we don't get to, I'm putting the links in there. And I want to thank... uh, Let me see. I don't know if I can find out who exactly did that. Well, one of our producers... Um, heard my call for audio of United States Secretary of State Hillary Clinton when she was on her uh, Far East tour where she was fielding questions about the Moro Islamic Liberation Front in a town hall style gathering in Manila. Here it is. And I'm encouraged by what I hear about the uh, progress in the peace efforts uh, that are going on between uh, the government and uh, uh, MILF. Uh, and <laughs> MILF. One more time, Hillary. And uh, uh, MILF. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think she is so far removed from popular culture that she has never heard the term MILF? Absolutely. This is what's running your country. This yes, is uh, most people don't know what I, I think. Oh please! Majority... Oh please! My my seventy think... six year old aunt knows the term. I'm thinking most people don't, and I'm sticking with that theory. Yeah. But you know, I, why would she? I mean, come on. Yeah, you're right. Good point. So. Um... You had, a couple, you had a couple more clips, uh, John. Maybe you want yeah, to get what, to Yeah, oh yeah, I got. Well, we talk about the Homeland Security guys a minute ago. I, I was listening to this guy Garza, who um, 
is like an undersecretary for medical homeland security, something or others. It's a crazy title. You know, we've got millions of people working in the government with these titles, and all they do is give testimony now and again. And I was listening to this testimony. There's a couple of things. There's two or three things that struck me. This was off of a, uh, a Senate hearing. Uh, one of them was that was a was a factoid that he threw threw in there that I that dropped my jaw, which you'll hear, and you're, I'm sure you're going to notice it. And then there, it was also his his quasi-military way of answering questions with these crazy kind of sentence constructs that are... are oh, he's programmed. He's totally programmed so that he can't mess up. Was this a, a Senate hearing, a congressional hearing? I think it was Senate. Okay. And by the way, this is what we do, ladies and gentlemen. We take the raw information, like, what are those people called who are supposed to do that... Um Oh, journalists. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. take the raw information, um, we interpret that for you, and we then actually give you the source material so you can make up your own decision and do a little bit of your own research. It's called, uh, what is it called again, John? I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. It doesn't exist. It's something old yeah. and yeah. old-fashioned. You know how they get new words into the dictionary, like unfriend? This is a yeah. new thing, by the way. Unfriend is the new dictionary word yeah, they've unfriend. added. So, but they take out words like journalist, journalism. They just take it out. Yeah. They put in words like Huffington. Uh, and unfriend. And unfriend. Let's listen to this guy. As I mentioned earlier, we have a dual mission where one complements the other. 80% of the Department of Homeland Security personnel are operational. Oh, this is, he's, you're right. 80% of the U.S. Department of Personnel are operational. Blah, 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 blah. I will tell you everything I've been programmed to tell you. And for comparison, this is roughly the size of the Marine Corps. OHA and DHS have moved aggressively to ensure that our forces are protected. We have widely disseminated evidence-based guidance to our employees and posted them on our Internet sites. Wait a minute. i got to hear that again. What the hell is he talking about? Go back to the beginning. He's talking about... Should I go back to the very uh, beginning? Yeah, I think you should. Okay. He's talking about uh, the whether the Homeland Security people have enough flu vaccine, basically. As I mentioned earlier, we have a dual mission where one complements the other. 80% of the Department of Homeland Security personnel are operational. Okay, does... Operational, what does that mean? I have no idea. Does that mean that they've been injected? I have no, no, they're operational. They're just, that means they're... Well, what's the, other, what's the other 20% doing? They're obviously sitting on their butts doing nothing. I have no idea what Clearly. this means. This is gobbledygook crap of bureaucraties. It's ridiculous. Okay. And for comparison, this is roughly the size of the Marine Corps. OHA and DHS have moved aggressively to ensure that our forces are protected. We have widely disseminated evidence-based guidance to our employees and posted them on our internet site. Wow, evidence-based guidance. In other words... What does that mean? Oh, what it's is the truth. It, be, it means guidance. it's the truth. It means it's the truth. It's evidence-based. It's not just some crackpot theory we dreamed up. It's the truth. If anyone has a copy of this, and seeing as there's 80,000... Uh, was it 80,000? No, 80%. 80%. Roughly, he never gives any numbers, no, but he says this. The size of the Marine I, Corps. I thought you'd pick up Yeah, on. no, the, size, the, the size of the Marines. the size of the Marines. Yeah, that's huge. It's huge. Yeah. This is the Department of Homeland Security. And by the way, he uses to describe the, these Homeland Security folks, he describes them as forces. Oh, totally. So listen, there, 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 our forces do this, our forces do that. I mean, so in other words, it's a milita- quasi-military organization, not, and this guy quasi, sounds quasi-military. It's, it's not quasi, it's real. It's the real deal. It's to our employees yeah, and posted them on our internet sites. And no, it's on the internet site, so we'll take a look there. Okay. In addition, we spearheaded the acquisition, storage, and forward positioning of our protective measures, including PPE and antiviral medications. What's PPPPV? What? 
I have no idea. What's his forwarding? He makes it sound like he's on a mission in Afghanistan. Uh, he is. I mean, listen to this guy. <laughs> he. It, this is the way he views it, John. Of course, he's, he's a marine. To, he's like a doctor. He's or like something. a marine. I mean, he sounds like he's. He sounds like a two-bit military crony that's not even made colonel yet. Hey, no, we Trying to impress the bosses with his talk. Yeah. Of our protective measures, including PPE and antiviral medications. By performing the... It's probably like, hey, if I, it's probably like protective personnel, protective something. You know, it's like uh, a, like a sure ration somebody, unit. Somebody in the chat These functions are helping ensure that the threat of the current pandemic will not influence, influence the security posture. Is he reading from a teleprompter? He stumbled over the words that there. That the threat of the current pandemic will not influence, influence the security posture of this nation. Security posture. 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 Which in this case is Which bend is, over. <laughs> Bohica. <laughs> Another, you know, uh, stuff keeps popping up that I've had some time to process it. Of course, Uncle Don, um, my Uncle Don was, uh, 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 there was a funny quote somewhere. He read it to me, uh, an old picture. We were looking at old pictures and it says, Donald P. Gregg, a civilian in the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, means CIA. He was, he, was, he was even laughing about that. He's like, uh-huh, a civilian in the Pentagon. What is that supposed to mean? Um, so I said, hey, man, what do you think about this extra layer the Obama administration has put above everybody, the FBI, the CIA, etc.? And he gave me a look. He said, the CIA is freaking out. They are so angry. And it was all, you know, they already had all this crap going on. He's like... Well, this has been your theory from the get-go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and they are very... And so, without saying they're very angry at the Obama administration, the look was enough. He said there's confusion, there's anger, there's dismay. And, of course, you know, he's a CIA guy. So, he's saying, like, you know, well, you know, where's the, um, uh, you know, where's the good things we did? And I'm like, Don, please. <laughs> What do you want? Um, but yeah, uh, this is uh, this is That's all just a part- good thing we did. <laughs> it's in the book Legacy of Ashes. Mm. We talked about that again as well, and uh, and I said like you know so you know Legacy of Ashes. You know when you told me he said how did you get into this? I said well you actually got me started. You know after you wrote that. Uh, that New York Times piece about Legacy of Ashes, and then you told me that everything in the book was pretty much the way, you know true, except of course they didn't put any of the good things in the good things you did. And I said, well, you know, so there it goes. It just proves that for twenty years we were afraid that Russia had all this great technology, and it turns out it was bull, and that the you know the CIA read it wrong, or perhaps there was counterintelligence that made us read it wrong, and you know, we spent twenty years being afraid of nothing. Nothing, I tell you. Twenty, thirty, maybe. How long? Started in nineteen fifty-seven. Right, started so, when they dropped their Jesus. first H bomb. Well, so uh, six, yeah, thirty years. I'm sorry, thirty years. Thirty well, years. And by the way, a, a great point made by Mickey and Don is why, if you uh, Mickey lived in uh, Japan, and of course Don has been uh, in Korea, Japan, all over Asia, in multiple. Posts. Has, has Mickey ever uh, worked in the Pentagon? Uh, only as a civilian. <laughs> and um, and there's this war memorial in I believe Nagasaki. You know, she, you know, Mickey's just there to keep an eye on you, right? Yeah, yeah. She hasn't been activated yet. She's part of the twenty percent <laughs> that hasn't been activated yet. Once she's activated, that's it. I'll I'll make sure I record the sound effect for everybody. Yeah, we can when, use it. When I get, I'll use it on the on the on the on the uh, tribute show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I, when I get the two to the head. <laughs> 
but every world leader, pretty much, has been to the war memorial at Nagasaki, except a U.S. president. And wouldn't it be, particularly with Obama traveling around in the in Far East Asia and you know going to see all these leaders, wouldn't it be great if he went to the war memorial in Nagasaki? That would mean a real. That would be a real diplomatic statement. I suspect it's not our doing. I really doubt the Japanese uh, government wants us to visit the thing because it would cause nothing but a, a, a headache for them in terms of protests and all this stuff. No, I disagree, and only because yeah. Mickey lived there for five years and she lived amongst the people. Well, of course, she lived above the people. Yeah, she's six <laughs> foot five, and they're all like you know four foot two. But uh, but that that is something that is sorely, sorely, sorely missed. Is uh, is a visit from uh, a real U.S. honest to God president. Well, then you got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, well, I got to, f- I guess I crossed them off. Never mind. Anyway, so I, John, once again, I appreciate you listening to, uh, to C-SPAN for uh, countless hours to pick up that little ditty. And once I quit my day job, I too will be able to have more clips of this ilk. I mean, some people just have more time while they're basting their meat than others. Um. I'm basting meat of a different sort. I don't want to know. But this is uh, this is what we do on uh, No Agenda, and this is why we have uh, people who are executive producers who give us money to keep us going. Because why should we do it for free? And honestly, I'm I'm getting a bit discouraged. I was hoping we would, you know, eventually. I, I thought we were on a little uptick there for the while, and I, and I thought we would get to a third show a week, which is really my dream. I would really like to just do this full time. Um, but we need more donations, and I yeah. and I can't say it often enough. If every single person who listens to this show, even if you did five dollars a year, of course you have to do five dollars a month just to make up for the leeches. We would we would be doing this show. Full time. Well, I've got a little clip here that I want to play in, in, in before we start uh, asking uh, or, or mentioning the people who did give this week. Uh, this is the uh, I think I I, I I was watching this. I went, oh, my God. And I, I just had to, to clip the whole thing. And it's a long clip. But this is the end. This is the clip you'll see. There's long, and you can you can interrupt it if you want to. But it it's just like a jaw dropper. This is we're talking about. We this show that we do is basically like public radio on the internet, but without being connected to anybody. You know that's that's yeah, commercial. There's, there's no no underwriting or funding or as they call it themselves commercials. From General Electric, Archer Daniel Midland Corporation, from Boeing. And by the way, when you see those commercials on public television, ask yourself, why? They're not selling you a product. They're not telling you, oh, you should be flying in Boeing planes with GE engines. No, that's not why they're doing it. They're doing it because that way, they're actually, they are touting the fact that they have influence over what you're about to see. They are actually laughing in your face like, ha, 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 ha. And and the joke of it is, of course, is that they're... (laughs) 
they're they're begging for money from the public, and the public gives them money. Yeah, Arbeit, a lot Arbeit, more than they oh, give I'm us. Sorry, Let, this is the end. This clip is the end of the McNeil Lair. Well, no, I'm sorry. Uh, now well, it's News Hour. Uh, the News Hour, which is brought to you by ADM, Boeing, and well, here and I, this is the end with with the credits for this particular show. And there's even a moment where they had where they run out of time to plug in stuff. We have and to they stop. Just show us the plugs are coming. Oh, jeez. All right, play it. And we'll see you online and again here tomorrow evening. I'm Jim Lehrer. Thank you and good night. Major funding for the News Hour with Jim Lehrer is provided by. What the world needs now is energy. The energy to get uh, the this is BP again. The energy to tackle challenges we'll like climate change. What if that energy came from an energy company? Uh, I, I just got to stop this. So. Whatever the hell this come, I think it's BP. So no. here, well, okay, but they're actually telling you that there will never be a negative story about climate ta- or an alternative story to climate change in the program you just watched because these guys are paying for it. Energy to tackle challenges like climate change. What if that energy came from an energy company? Every day, Chevron invests sixty-two uh, Chevron. million dollars in people, in ideas, people. Seeking- Teaching, building, fueling growth around the world to move us all ahead. This is the power of human energy. Sounds like a drug commercial. (laughs) Supporting math and science education for tomorrow's innovators. And by Wells Fargo Advisors. Ah, there's the money, guys. Together we'll go far. BNSF Railway. And by Toyota. Oh, yes. No bad stories about Japan for you. And Monsanto. Hey, wait a minute. How come they don't do the jingle? <laughs> I, we got to send them the jingle, John. This is totally ridiculous. Oh, I can't believe that they Monsanto. don't. Monsanto. There we go. And by Grant Thornton. That's uh, Grant Thornton's also the money guys, right? They're accountants, right? They're the ones that cook. I don't cook. know who yeah, they are. Grant Thornton so. are accountants. They cook the books. And by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, hand in hand with Monsanto for the seed bank. Dedicated to the idea that all people deserve the chance to live a healthy, productive life. <laughs> Is that their what they're dedicated to? I, apparently that's their new buzz uh, phrase. <laughs> and with the ongoing support of these institutions and foundations. There's a huge list. Okay. And There's more. This program was made possible by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and by What's the Indian music to your PBS station from viewers like you. Oh, and by the way, thank you too, slaves. Yeah. So uh, let me just play that clip one more time of the chairwoman of uh, public broadcasting. The NPR. NPR. N- uh, NPR, National Public Radio, which some call the National Treasure. It's a national treasure. Treasure. And this the is national how... national treasure. That was uh, yeah. Janine Garofalo saying that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A national treasure. I love it so much. But who is influencing your national treasure? It couldn't be advertisers now, could it? Okay, move it on to money. How are NPR's corporate underwriting revenues holding up in the recession? And well, Monsanto's really not giving us enough anymore. And what about foundation grants? Um, two different stories. Um, 
Underwriting is uh, corp- uh, underwriting is is down. It's down for everybody. I mean, this is this is the this is the area that is most down for us. Is is in is in sponsorship, underwriting, advertising. Call it whatever you want. Yeah, let's just call it advertising. Call it whatever you want. Let's just call it advertising, shall we? That would just be the proper name for it. So anyway, so, um, and by the way, I love the chat room. They're always laughing about this. They're like, you know, but you guys actually play the commercials. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we do. You don't want ads, but yet you, well, we're not getting paid for it. Yeah, we're getting nothing. Yeah. Bupkis. We're bitter. Yeah. So if you want to keep this alive, and by the way, we've got some heat going on with this thing. We, you know, we're nominated for two podcast awards. Yeah, we could win one of them or both. Well, so let's go over some guys that gave us some money this week. Yeah, please. And do. some women. We have another. Uh, oh, well, I, would, she, I, I, I would like to point out that my sister Willow, who is a leech and has not donated, she says, "Look, shut up. At least I keep your female listener count up." I had to give that one to her. Ah, good point. Okay, good point, Willow. So we now have about twenty-five uh, female listeners to the sh- show. We're 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 moving along. We got there's a lot of that have donated small amounts of money and they don't get mentioned. So I think we're probably closer to thirty. Nice. But we got William Arcand, who's given before us in Drake at Massachusetts, and he's a uh, he's on the Knights program. He gave one hundred thirty-seven dollars. Other night program people, you know, these these are, we're going to keep mentioning them, but it's Ricky Pierce and John Petrucini and Larry Corpy. It's L-A-R-I-C-K-O-R-P-I, the Finnish person. Mm -hmm. And, um, And here's the bad news of this week. The bad news is, and by the way, people, if you have some extra money in your PayPal account and you want to cancel it, PayPal account, just give it to us and then close it. Yeah, a couple of people and, have done that. Usually it's only pennies, but at least they're It's doing just it. not much. 96 cents went, went from one guy. Yeah, but I appreciate it. Sterling Ellsworth, our perpetual $77.77 donor, unfortunately this week uh, gave $7.77 <laughs> with a note. Oh, uh-oh. He said Obama's <laughs> recession is killing him. This is the best he can do. Well, first of all, it is highly appreciated, regardless of what you give to the show. Um, and secondly, we just heard donations, advertising, whatever you want to call it. It's down for everybody. <laughs> it's down for everybody. These are hard down. times, my friend. But you know what? It, at least he'll drink one Starbucks coffee less and give it to us, because that's really what we're talking about here. Well, he's a he's a he's a great guy. Uh, Mike Potter of Curb Appeal Concretes looking for a government contract, Lake St. Louis, Missouri, fifty five fifty five, which is nice. Then we had a bunch of fifty dollar contributors: Brant, Eddie, in Olympia, Washington; uh, Christopher Poda in I guess it's Vinton, Virginia, out in the middle of nowhere. Good for him. Uh, anyway, from Virginia, and then uh, we got an odd contribution: Luca Capadoro. C O P P A D O R O. Where's Luca uh, from? from? Milano, Italy. Ah, buongiorno, pronto, Luca. He said that uh, that clip you played of that guy saying it's going to be a new world government, new world order. A collection of award-winning Oops. Oops. Australian oh, films on DVD this, this weekend. Stop! 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 Sorry, I opened a web page and it. <laughs> God. What? What? 
Luca says that the New World Order clip you played last week was yeah. enough to convince him to donate. Oh, I've got another one then from Henry Kissinger on uh, Charlie Rose. We can play that. I saw that, that yeah. too. Uh, yeah. Okay, let me get finish this off. He gave us uh, 113 euros, 113 euros. He says 113 is the emergency number. It's like 911 oh, it in is. the yeah, U.S. Correct, correct. So nice. you punch in 113. So he, this is a helpline. Yeah, but, but it came in because he, he donated 113 Euros. Euros. It came in. This is the sad state of affairs in the United Wait, States. Let me, let me guess. Came, let me guess. It came in as one hundred and sixty dollars. One sixty-eight. Oh my goodness. Forty-six. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. thank you very much. That's a, that's a beautiful amount and a very symbolic amount, and that is highly appreciated. Yeah, that was outstanding. Blue uh, Beyond Blue Concepts in Northwest uh, New South Wales, Australia, eighty six ninety nine, uh, and Joshua Davidow in Mesquite of all places. Mesquite, Nevada gave us 149, which was second only to our friend, our new friend Michael Menzies from uh, Eltham, North Victoria, Australia. Who came in with $300. So that's all we had this week. It's not that much, but we had a lot of small donors, though. I have yeah, to say, we, I want to thank but, them all. Yeah. Lots of tens and ninety-six cents, and the guys closing out their their uh, PayPal accounts. I got to tell you that I do believe in this model. I really do. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with an essay that I'm going to write, which I think is going to be, you know, the working title is Advertising is Dead, uh, which, of course, it really is the type of advertising that we're used to. And don't you remember there was this whole theme for a while that everyone was saying, well, you know, disruptive advertising won't last. We kind of slipped away from that. And, you know, we've got all this disruptive advertising that's, uh, that's everywhere, and people are just ignoring it. I, I, I don't think a lot of it works. You know, some of it must, but you know, even you know, I, I, you know, I was watching V with Mickey, so we had a Viathon, because of course uh, we were in New York. Uh, actually, I was in Chicago. Uh, whatever, we were on the road, so we had recorded um, last week's V, and then of course Tuesday when we came back, the new V was up. So we're like, okay, two episodes back to back, and we've got it on the DVR, which means we can skip through the commercials. Now, normally that's about five clicks which is about two and a half minutes, so it's 30 seconds per click on the fast-forward. The Dish Network has that lovely feature still enabled, which I think was disabled on most TiVos. And uh, it's unfucking watchable It's unwatchable. It, ju- the, the second you get into it, boom, commercial. Click, click, click. And, of course, you, you, it's not five clicks. It's eight clicks. Yeah, no, sometimes it's four I've minutes of commercials. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, and then and then you still you see the promos, you get pulled out of it, and of course, and you pointed this out on Cranky Geeks the other day, I think. um, When there's an Apple ad, you stop. (laughs) It's like, oh, I haven't seen this Apple ad yet. Let me look at that one, and then you continue. It's unwatchable. You were so right, John. I lasted. uh, We we got through the last week's episode, and then we got through. I'd say ten minutes of uh, this week's episode, and we gave up. That's it. We're done. We we can't. It's unwatch, and it's not necessarily the dumb story or the childish way that the plot is fed into you. Because of course you're a fucking moron, and the only reason why we're showing you this is to make sure you're ready for all the ads that are coming to feed you with stuff. It's unwatchable. 
It's just unwatchable with all the commercials. It's like, I find the same thing with talk radio in the morning. I mean, you listen to these guys. It's the same formula, you know, uh, two to one, two minutes of content for one minute of commercials. And they string out these advertisements for vitamins. And, but the problem is with the radio, you can't skip you can't ahead. You can't fast forward. So, no, of course but not. So what you do is what everybody else does. You start punching the button to get to the other channels. I have, like, for in the morning, I'll, there's, like, a sports talk and a... News which, which, by the way, when, when I was in New York, we had lights. We had four different lights in the studio, and those lights would light up when one of the competition was in commercials. So we know if, uh, so this is WHTZ, Hot Rock and Z100, surfing the universe from the top of the Empire State Building, everybody. Uh, and so when WPLJ955, when they were in commercials, we would basically immediately go to the biggest hit possible and put that into rotation because when people are zapping around during the commercials, you want them to, to hammer on to the big hit that they're waiting for. So th <laughs> right. no, yeah, this is all programmed. Now, before we, let's just move off of this. Let me just play a small piece of, and this is for our friend uh, who donated 113 euros from, uh, from Italy. This is Henry Kissinger. Milano. From Milano, no less. Henry Kissinger talking about President Obama's trip to China. This is from November 16th. Just a little bit of the audio. Listen to what he has to say. Nuclear problem in Iran. In, uh, uh, we, we have, of course, the whole array of problems, each of it, Afghanistan uh, and so forth. But then we have the uh, financial issues. But they really are issues of the construction of a new world order. That's what this is about. And that's the sort of dialogue the Chinese are generally good at. There you go. So our president hey, is give in me that China. Clip and, uh, so I'm going to have to, you know, I think I could get that frog out of his throat, you know, by punching up the... Uh, <laughs> we need to put him on, on your action. Skype in, uh, in, uh, in Port Angeles so we can <laughs> kind of spin that up a little. Uh, so what he says is, this is basically the construction of a new world order. And this is why Obama is, is bowing before all of these uh, Far Eastern uh, Asian leaders. Because he's bowing to them. Because they own our ass. Own it! By the way, for people who want to donate, don't forget you go to noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash NA and uh, help us out uh, for Sunday so we can get our numbers up because they're actually pretty weak this week. Yeah, it's uh, disappointing. Dvorak.org slash NA. Disappointing. So there's, uh, I have a couple of aviation-related stories I wanted to hit real quick, but also there was something about China. Oh, well, by the way, before we go off the topic, I do want to mention one thing. I want to give people some because for all you guys, you got enough money. Oh wait, 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 want... wait, wait, we have to do the we have to do the jingle. Hold on. That's, uh, that's yeah, and that'll put people to sleep. So uh, <laughs> we're going to, I want to mention, you know, a, a primetime TV show, which runs, let's say, an hour. Uh, the, uh, the way they're budgeted is based on, on the peop number of people that watch. Essentially, uh, the viewers are valued at $1 per show per viewer. Huh. And so if they have 10 million viewers, they have, they have a, usually an income of $10 million per show, and then they can budget based on that. So they'll budget a couple million dollars to produce like you know some uh, uh, CIS show, for example. I think it probably goes out for $2 million or more. And then they, then they have to divide up the rest of it amongst the networks and everybody in between. But it's a buck, if we take a look at our audience of 100,000 people, we do an hour and a half twice a week. So we do three hours of programming, which is may or may not be considered prime time because it's available to anybody. 
technically to really make it look as good as it would with a commercial operation, we should be bringing in with a hundred thousand listeners probably one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. We're bringing a thousand. We're bringing in one one hundredth of what. We should be getting if we were a commercial operation that was actually pumping out, you know, two minutes of content and one minute of uh, of advertising. Yeah, we'd be I rich. just want to mention we'd that to people rich. who we would be we'd rich. We'd be rich, but we're not. So I'm just mentioning it to people that if you look at things in perspective, we 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 could use more money. That's the point. So don't feel bad. Don't send us nasty notes. You guys should be working for free. Yeah, blow uh, me. Which we do get yeah, at least once me. a week. Some yeah, oh, there's always so. That's what podcasting is all about, dude. No, that's not what it's about. We're doing actual work. I'm following a Chinese blog. <laughs> Tell me. You know, Have you learned Chinese yet, Adam? Uh, no, but luckily uh, this guy, Benjamin Fulford, and I'll put his, uh, his link in the show notes. By the way, another fine service we provide you for free. Uh, <laughs> he translates it. And this is, uh, so I'm just hooking back into Kissinger with his New World Order and, uh, and Obama, you know, sucking up to him over there. So China, the title of it is that China quietly introduces new financial system, uh, which is, you know, marginally interesting. Of course, we know that, uh, that the, uh, that there is a new, um, you know, there's a real push for a new reserve currency. And here's some, here's what I thought was interesting. China is purchasing 10,000 tons of gold to back up a new fund designed to develop and market heretofore forbidden and suppressed technologies. The fund will be based outside of China and will be controlled by prominent members of the Chinese overseas community. Um, now, here's, here's the thing that blew me away. The gold purchase will take some time because of the logistics transporting it, and the Chinese wish to test it thoroughly because both the Chinese government and MI6 now confirm reports that much of the gold sold by the Federal Reserve Board over the past decade is in fact gold-plated tungsten. Yeah, yeah. This is a break. This is a story that wasn't covered by the mainstream media. I did see it, and they and apparently I, it's not. I don't even know if it's gold-plated. I think they kind of dipped the they tungsten painted into it. They spray-painted it with like Christmas tree paint. No, I think there's actually enough gold on the outside. If you scrape it, you scrape off some gold. But uh, I, I so, haven't so seen wait, any you're telling me that the Federal Reserve is. I don't selling- know that the Federal. I don't know that that part of the story is true. But I understand there's a lot of tungsten out there that is being sold as gold because it has a, essentially the same, same weight. Weight, exactly, exactly. So this is you know this is very very frightening, and of course it now i'm starting to understand why the federal reserve doesn't actually want to be audited may i just remind you that there's no one who has gone on record and has actually seen the gold that is supposed to be in the vaults of the federal reserve you're not allowed in there you're that's our gold that's our american united states of america citizens and wasn't a gold. bunch of these vaults underneath the uh, tra- the the twin towers and there's like do you remember the stories sure. that came out sure. initially about the missing gold after yeah. the twin tower and that story's never resurfaced no why would it why would it? We're way too busy nominating and awarding Adam Curry with the worst dressed man of the year award and other twa- Taylor Swift related stories. That's what the media assassination is all about. And I forgot to tell you that in case you hadn't noticed, we have a formula. Our formula is this we go out, we hit people in the mouth. And uh, we can't do it without your donations. We really can't. And I would like to do a hell of a lot more, and boy, would, would we be good. It's particularly if we could get to a third show, which I really want to do. Yeah, you just have that third show on your craw. I do. Okay, two aviation-related stories. 
Um, the first one is from uh, a week and a half ago. Uh, reports of airplanes spraying mysterious substance over Ukraine days before pneumonic plague outbreak. Now, of course, I've been uh, harping from time to time on the so-called chemtrails, which are real, which are admitted. No. Uh, the government admits that they that they have done Nobody many atmospheric. Admits to I can. About all right, this. then I'll have to put the documents in the show notes. Give sure. me give me a couple yeah. days From because Prison I can't Planet. quit my day job just yet, but I will do it. Five sources confirm this. Local newspapers of Kiev also received hundreds of phone calls from residents and business owners close to the area. The planes were spraying the suspicious substance. But uh, not only that, but local businesses and retailers were advised to stay indoors during that day by local authorities. Well, I'd like to see some documentation for this. In other words, some of the advisory notices or something like that. My understanding was they were seeding the clouds. Yeah, with a virus from Baxter International, which is located right there in Ukraine. You know, a virus cannot... If you dropped a virus at that altitude, it's not going to be alive by the time it comes. What altitude, John? You you think it's like 40,000 feet? No, they're doing this at a couple thousand feet. It's like a crop duster flying over. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And And I see it all the time in San Francisco, by the way. All the time. Oh, please. I've never seen it once. How okay, do you see all right. it all the well, time? Let's, let, let me, so you think I'm crazy, right? And yes, I will point out to you when it happens again. And I can show you pictures of the planes at local airports with all the spray devices on them. Be happy yeah, to do that. Yeah, they're called crop dusters. They go up to the Napa Valley. It's a Learjet, from- John. It's a Learjet with this shit on it. It's not, a cro- it's not like a biplane. <laughs> so remember- <laughs> Okay, you take a picture of the Learjet with this shit on it. I will. I've got the I'll pictures. Be- I've got the pictures. You say that. I have the pictures from uh, Tony, who drives me from time to time. And Tony has also driven some black hats up to... Uh, what's the black hat air- airport? Um, uh, I'll come up with it. I don't know. Anyway, he, he saw one of these planes and he took pictures of it. So I'll, uh, I'll get those posted. But just to, just to kind of... Did it say Baxter International on the tail? <laughs> yeah. Get November. the tail number and look it up. You can look it up by tail number. See what this guy's flying around. Okay, good point. I, I shall do that. Um, remember the Qantas jet that uh, that took those you know plunges on its way from uh, Perth from Singapore in October last year. Remember, this was like a big thing, and they said it was, uh, oh, it had to be uh, maintenance, and uh, everyone was, you know, and it was, oh, it was the, we even discussed that as a, po- as a possible problem, that, uh, that because the maintenance was done in Mexico, or some bullshit like that, and of course, I had some crackpot theory about it. Well, I would lie now, now like just to um, read you from the official uh, interim, second interim report from air safety investigators into what happened to flight, to flight QF-72, which left one flight attendant and 11 passengers with serious injuries. There is a constant stream of high-energy galactic and solar radiation interacting with the Earth's upper atmosphere, the report notes. This interaction creates a cascade of secondary particles. Some of the secondary particles, in particular neutrons, can affect aircraft avionics systems. Of course, this was an Airbus, which is highly automated, highly systemated, I think running Windows NT, actually. Um, 
And this, of course, happened in the Southern Hemisphere, and this continues to happen to aircraft that are in the Southern Hemisphere. And no one's copping to the fact that there is some major shit going on with mag with actually solar storms, not sun. St uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, not solar. Uh, yeah, it is solar. Yeah, the solar magnetic storms, and it is affecting aircraft uh, 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 avionics, and now they're reporting on it. So when you laugh at me for these things... And I didn't laugh. I was in a total agreement with this theory. No, you were talking about the maintenance in Mexico. That was your side. No, whatever. It was both valid. So stay well, away from is, those Airbuses is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, the Airbus in the... Well, don't fly an Airbus in the Southern Hemisphere, I guess, Correct. for sure. Correct. Bad idea. Hmm. Um, so that's interesting. So that re that's an official report. Yes, it's not something from Prison Planet. No, no, I have the PDF, which I'll also put in the... Uh, yeah, i, I got to presume the PDF is official. It looks pretty official. Yeah, well, it probably is. Uh, but, Nobody bothers with that sort of hoax. Before I... No, well, you know why? It's because no one's reporting on it. It's not big enough. I mean, if you're going to make a hoax, then you want something that a lot of people are going to talk about. Like, uh, let me see. Oh, airplanes flying into towers and then the jet fuel melting them. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, before I forget, H.R. 1207, which, of course, is Ron Paul's uh, end the Fed bill, uh, is now trying to be, uh, is about to be watered down by Mel Watt, Representative Mel Watt. Uh, and essentially, the whole bill is just going to be a piece of crap. Oh, what do you, oh, and, and we didn't see this coming down Broadway? Yeah, we you knew did. this of was going to happen. Yeah, of, course obviously, we, but, of course we yeah. knew it was going to happen, but it's, well, it's one step closer, so we've got to keep fighting. It's not, it's not, it's not a step closer. Well, people will eventually figure it out. You know that guy, uh, Blankfein, the CEO of, uh. Did I of, tell you about the lines for the swine flu vaccine over here in Albany? Yeah, you did last week on the last show. Yeah. Um, That's people figuring things out. Lord, yeah, no, you're right. Lord, Lord Blankfein, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, after in the Financial Times, which we reported on after he said, uh, we're doing God's work, which of course, oh, it was just a joke. And because everyone got really pissed off about it and it started to catch some fire, they had to do some damage control. And now they're like, we're coming out with a $500 million fund to invest in small businesses. Please. <laughs> invest in small businesses, you bastards. <laughs> lion bastards nah, no way so while you're reading that uh, book what's the book I got here do you want to do you want to hit the swine flu minute or uh... oh, you have swine flu stuff because yeah. I'm, I'm really don't have much yeah, except... I, got a, I got a little bit no agenda, swine flu minute. I, I know you can't help yourself but you're just humming that in the shower I, it's it's a you know this is Jeff Smith he makes hits so big and you just, you, it's a no agenda, swine flu minute. Yeah, so actually I was kind of leading into it with the uh, mysterious substance that was uh, sprayed over Ukraine. Oh, by the way, breaking news, Tony Blair has uh, apparently dropped out of the race to become the first president of, the Euro of Europe. I wonder who his, uh, uh, who the uh, overlords were that made this decision. Yeah, someone definitely... Uh, Kind of screws up our basic theories. It does. Well, it's not over yet. Uh, coming to you from Ireland, Gitmo Nation East, the Irish government plans to introduce compulsory swine flu vaccinations and is preparing to jail people if they refuse to take the jab, as they call it over there in the East. 
The Irish Daily Sunday Star reported that British Health Department is uh, the Irish Health Department is planning to activate provisions in the 1947 Health Act to enforce mandatory swine flu vaccinations. Baxter, a company currently under investigation by the Austrian police for deliberately contaminating 72 kilos of vaccine vaccine material with the live uh, bird flu virus in February, is going to be supplying Ireland with these swine flu vaccines. I'd say tip of the hat, tippery day. You you guys are screwed. What's screwed in Irish? Well, that could be. I mean, if they're going to, you know, the idea of mixing these viruses in the same vial is to uh, maybe they can come up with some new one that come out of it that they can crank up the pandemic that actually does kill people. Yeah, but then to actually make it mandatory. Mandatory. I mean, if it's if it's mandatory in Ireland, it is now the United States of Europe. It'll be mandatory all. And by the way, it in the in the Lisbon Treaty, which I read for you. Yes, I took the time to read the whole thing. The, in the Lisbon Treaty, it literally says that they can mandate things like vaccines if there's an in, imminent threat to the nation or the states, which, of course, this is because the World Health Organization has deemed this to be a pandemic level six under the rules which they changed just before all of this broke conveniently. So mm. a- anyone in uh, Gitmo states of Europe can expect to uh, have forced vaccinations. Meanwhile, back home in Gitmo Nation mid, mid, Midwest, Minneapolis, Hennepin County Libraries say plush toys and hand puppets will no longer be available for checkout or play because of swine flu concerns. Mm. I'm glad they're being extra cautious. <laughs> this is going a little bit too far. Well, it's like the the guy, the idiot coach, that says no more high fives from the football players. Yeah, but but it, that's not how you're going to get swine flu from putting your hand in a hand puppet. And by the way, it's a disgusting <laughs> thought anyway. Now, I, I, if I was at the library, I wouldn't let my kid just stick their hand up. The, well, I, maybe you can stick your hand up there, but you'd wash it after that, you know. Mommy, like somebody kind- put a turd in this one. <laughs> there's all kinds of crap in there. I have a great gag. I mean, you these high school kids. You see those little kids? Let's put, yeah, a let's put, let's in put some poop in there. <laughs> <laughs> and now, of course, in uh, Gitmo Nation East, uh, the under-fivers uh, will be offered the swine flu vaccine. I don't get it. They, they keep touting everywhere that the CDC has said that pregnant women and children under five are uh, at high risk. Yet all the vaccine inserts say that, you know, you need to really be careful if you're pregnant or under five before taking the vaccine. I don't understand. Who yeah, do I know. There, all these, all this information, <laughs> they say anyone born after 1956, the likelihood of getting it is zero. They don't need the shot. Oh, older people should have the shot. I mean, what you, this is like all the information is contradictory. It's yeah. all over the map. There's no one source of good information. No. It's, it's, it's a scam. And by the way, you and I talked to, uh, talked to a couple of the kids who came in the other day at the Mevio office, Amanda and uh, some girlfriend she was with. These kids are, what, 22, 23? And, uh, you know, they're, so they're, of course, they buy into global warming and they're very afraid of it. I said, no, you know, don't worry about it. You're not going to die uh, unless you take the swine flu shot. She said, no, 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 we're not taking the swine flu shot. Everybody we know who takes that shot got sick. Duh. You're shooting a virus into somebody. Of course you're going to get sick. Well, you're always shooting a virus into somebody with these shots. You don't always get sick from a flu shot, but why is everyone getting sick from this one? Yeah, well, very good question. 
And I would like to remind everybody, all you have to do is, to do is go to GlaxoSmithKline.com. Go download download the PowerPoint from the from the CEO when he's presenting it. Not the not the annual report PowerPoint, but the one where he's where he's showing off. Like at the conference, you know, they're always going to some conferences and they're showing off what they can do. Like financial conferences, I think it's like the Goldman Sachs uh, swine flu uh, conference. And you look at it and it's like, we're so proud. Our pipeline is huge. Vaccines are it. This is going to be great. Front page of the Financial Times last week. Front page. The nicotine vaccine, it's on its way. <laughs> I mean, and, 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 how this, is this a vaccine? It's, it's not, not a vaccine. It, it's an inhibitor. By definition, it's not a vaccine because the nicotine addiction is not a is not technically a disease. It's not caused by a, a, a vector. Somebody gets bit by a mosquito and then they have to have a smoke. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of the way I feel. <clears throat> but what it does is, yeah, it's not a vaccine. It actually... It uh, attaches. It poisons you. Yeah, it, ha- it it attaches itself to some microglobin globin in your uh, in your bloodstream. Yeah, we just lost two listeners because there's that one guy. Right? You know, Adam mispronounces words. Microglobin, and uh, so and it makes it bigger, so it actually can't get into the brain receptors. I mean, this is this is messing with your bloodstream. I don't like the idea. No, but there's going to be a lot. There's going to be. You know, hey, if you don't want to smoke. Just stop! Yeah. Oh, it says easy for you to say, Dvorak. There's going to yeah, be a, some. You no, know, they had, but it's front page of the final. Wait, hold on a second. Let me see if I can find it. I, uh, yeah. Probably people live longer smoking than they would taking these kinds of medications. Yeah, I think I think I threw it out, unfortunately. But it was the front page, and you know they had all these statistics. It's the Financial Times, by the way, which you know now I'm I'm losing respect for them as well. And it's like, well, statistics show that of all people who quit smoking, you know, 80% uh, start again. And, you know, what we really need this vaccine is going to be great. And you're right. By definition, it is not a vaccine. But there's going to be a shot so your kid won't get fat. You know what? Here's what I predict. In our lifetime, during this show, if we ever get enough money to continue... During the show, there'll be an anti-gay vaccine. I guarantee you someone's going to come up with it. This is how crazy this is going to become. If you want your kid not to be gay, take this shot. It'll be fine. I guarantee you. Know, you that's, that's sick, but you're probably right. And of course it's sick. Matters, what they've done here is they've promoted the use of the term vaccine. And they've, you know, and then all the, you know, all the stories about the swine flu and how we're handling it and everyone's getting their shots. And there's lines around the corner and everybody's all, you know, uh, jacked up about the idea of vaccine, vaccine, vaccine's going to save us. So you equate vaccinations with, with, with good things that could save you. Uh, I mean, they could be shooting people with swine flu vaccine for all we know it could be just water. So the FDA is very close to approving this um, uh, this uh, nicotine vaccine, and I, and I would like to read from the dictionary: "Vaccine is quote a substance used to stimulate the production of antibodies and provide immunity against one or several diseases, prepared from the causative agent of a disease." So you're right. By definition, by definition, this is not a vaccine. And if the FDA actually approves it under the wording "vaccine," Well, then you know that Peggy, who was in charge of the FDA, is a complete frickin' shill. Absolutely. Um, boy, let's, uh, let's close it out. Hold on a second. It's the No Agenda Swine Flu Minute. We're on it for you.
And don't let them trick you with this, ooh, there's not enough. Ooh, we don't have enough. Go stand in line. You're in a higher That's risk That's the Nintendo group. marketing theory. Totally, and it's working. Yeah. And, I would, and I, I would like to mention one more thing. A whole So I guess Breitbart.com or Big Hollywood or whatever that Breitbart dude does, all of a sudden the internets are all a lit, a light and a lit about, oh, they use law and order to promote the health care agenda. Uh, okay. How long ago did we start on this? How long ago did we identify it? How often have we I think been playing? Was, we've been doing it for over a year, I believe. We've been playing you clips from uh, CSI, CIS, yeah, Law, CIS, and Order. Law and Order, uh, uh, CSI. Oh, another thing about CSI. So we had, CSI, not CIS. Yeah, we we had a we had a burglary at the offices downstairs in the basement. We have two studios, and one studio was broken into. Um, clearly by someone who wanted, you know, probably a drug addict because they took three cameras. They left a lot of really expensive shit there, but it was just, you know, not the stuff you can sell on the street. And a high, you know, HD camera you can, you can get really, you can get rid of quick, right? You know, a hundred, maybe 200 bucks or something. So it's very clear that this is someone who just knew what they were doing, had to get a quick fix. And it's, uh, it sucks because you feel violated. And we almost couldn't do cranky geeks because of it. So anyway, the cops come in. And, uh, and you know, they come in with their dusting kit, which is, it kind of looks like, remember when we were kids, John, and for Christmas you get like a medical kit? You could play doctor? Yeah. One of those little plastic things. So that's essentially what they're carrying. It's not, it's, it, it, the only thing's missing is not pink, so it could be the, the nurse kit. Uh, and they open it up and they're like, well, first of all, they say, where do you want us to dust? And we're like, uh, well, how about the door they jammed open with the crowbar? Would that be a good place to start? Uh, no, we can't lift prints from that. I'm like, what? Where's your, where's your, where's your blue light that you flip on? <laughs> where's the, where's <laughs> William Peterson? Yeah, you just walk in, you, they you spray know, a little gas like, on yeah, it, and the prints and come up out of a piece of, you know. Bing, and we've got the DNA, and we cross-reference it, and we've got the fucker. Where's all that technology? <laughs> That's oh, gee, so you mean it's not true? It's bogus? Oh, you don't say. Bastards. Yeah. They'll never um, catch the guys, and they're not interested. I uh, just throwing back to um, the beginning of the show regarding uh, Sarah Palin. Uh, I did catch some of what she said on uh, Sean Hannity last night, and of course, she carried across the meme beautifully because, regardless of whatever you think of her, she's programmed. She's a bot, and um, she's like, "Oh yeah, this uh, Fort Hood shooting that was a total terrorist attack." You know, the meme that we predicted, uh, John. She carried on, oh, because of political incorrectness, she wasn't, you know, this guy should have been profiled. Oh, I'm going to get slammed by all the by all the liberals tomorrow for saying profiling, blah, 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 blah. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, the White House, of course, of course, of course, we know the guy was actually a patsy, and there's so much wrong with this story and so many Well, we can't get ends. the story. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, First it was three guys, then it was one guy, then there was the woman shot him, then she didn't shoot him. It was some other guy, a black man, who actually t took yeah. him down. I Meanwhile, guess he, was... he, he did all this with a handgun where he had to reload at least three or four times, according to yeah, the well, most recent story. Yeah, well, you hear it was an M16, then you hear it was a handgun. A I mean, the story, what, how come there, there was lots of witnesses? They're told everyone to shut up, obviously. Yeah, well, it gets better when it comes to witnesses because the first public congressional hearing on the Fort Hood attack will not include testimony from any current federal law enforcement, military, or intelligence officials because the Obama administration... Oh, you mean, wait, 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 you mean the people that were, were there, there to witness yes, it? Yes, yes. 
that the Obama administration has, quote, declined to provide any such witnesses. There will be no witnesses who were there. It's, <laughs> it's all going to be, well, you know, uh, when it comes well, I'm to... I'm sure this uh, is a scandal, Adam. This must have been all over the news. Ah. <laughs> uh, Again, I go back to my award for the worst-dressed man in the yeah. Netherlands. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I'm not even going to play the jingle. It's, you it's, don't play it much anymore. Because it gets tiring. I could, the whole, we could call the show Nothing to See Here. <laughs> we, that's what we could do the entire time. <laughs> I love it. They're not going to have any witnesses that were actually <laughs> at the event. And we still don't know who the civilian was. I think that's the key. Hmm. One civilian out of the blue was killed. Probably worked at the Pentagon. A civilian at the Pentagon. A civilian at the Pentagon. <laughs> we, now we know the code. This is the stuff you got to look for. Words matter. I am happy that um, I guess it's Harry Reid's version of the health care bill has now been posted online. I guess now it's up to 2,500 pages. <laughs> it's okay because I'm going to read it for you. Uh, the, so here's my homework. I'm going to try and get done before Sunday. Um, but it'll probably, before I have everything done, it'll be next week. Mickey's leaving on Monday for, uh, for a week to get Monation East, and then she's gotta be in LA for some, for some, uh, work stuff. So, I will have plenty of time. I will read through this bill. I will at least be able to address it with some, you know, I will do what even our, our, um, elected officials are not doing. Cause you know, they're not gonna read it. No, of course not. Why would they? Staff for. And then, uh, uh, a final link that will be in the show notes uh, from Nouriel Rubini, who is, uh, of course, was a crackpot, a joke, laughable, a douche, uh, until he predicted the huge recession. Not only the timing, but exactly what would happen. He predicted it very accurately. Now he's seen as some form of oracle. And he uh, published an article in the Daily News. And the headline is, The Worst is Yet to Come. Unemployed Americans should hunker down for more job losses. And yeah. he actually goes into the whole, uh, the calculation of the, the disenchanted and the bums. And, uh, you know, even if you look at the, 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 the last recession, it still took a year and a half before the jobs came back. So he says, you know, you, you can't expect anything until probably about 2012 for anything to really be turning around if it does. So have a read through that. That'll be, uh, some good, uh, some good homework for y'all, and please keep sending us suggestions for the Kim Jong Il care package, as uh, we now have an in and can actually influence uh, world politics by sending him DVDs, which may actually give him a different view of the world. Uh, so far, suggestions have been, of course, Team America, which uh, he co-stars in, and uh, Mean Girls is the most recent one, which I thought was an interesting, uh, interesting suggestion. So we'd love to hear more suggestions. Somebody who suggested to me Doctor Strange Love would be ideal. Ooh, that's a very good one. But maybe we, maybe something with a positive message, something that, that he'll actually get something. Die hard. <laughs> Die hard. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else, John? No, we're through. I'm done. Okay. I have a couple of things that I'm, I'm holding on to and we'll bring up next uh, on Sunday when we talk about Afghanistan again, which I'm sure we will. Yeah, we have to because, you know, of course, we're getting real close to harvest. Uh, the I think, harvest, I think, is underway. I think they're, they're going to they're gonna fall short because they never got their 40,000 helpers. No, they're, they're going to get them in. They're going to they're gonna do something. Oh, by the way, uh, Hillary Clinton had dinner with Karzai last night. 
Uh, gee, know, that it, wasn't reported. She's the, she's over there in Afghanistan to congratulate him for winning the election. <laughs> yeah, she's checking. She's checking the uh, quality of the material. Yeah, <laughs> with a little spoon. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> All right, we'll have uh, another service of the Church of No Agenda on Sunday morning. Uh, I guess we'll kind of be the. The regular time around 9 o'clock, Gitmo Nation West. So we'll be back on schedule. Coming to you from the Minimum Security Crackpot Command Center, where it's getting noisy in San Francisco, California, I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, Northern Silicon Valley, where it's getting sunnier, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.